Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, we bring you badass women real estate investors that share their stories, and uh, and sometimes we also bring you women that help other women in real estate. And today, we have that. Uh, we have a, a guest that is has an incredible solution to help real estate investors and is herself a real estate investor as well. For many real estate investors, property management is one of the toughest parts of owning property. And one of the big questions people ask themselves is, should I self-manage or not? Can I afford outside property management or not? And our guest today has a has a really interesting online solution to help people better manage long-term rentals. Our guest, Dana Dunford, is the CEO of Hemlane, a technology-enabled property management platform. She's a strong advocate of purchasing properties anywhere as the best investments are not typically in your backyard. And I totally relate to that, living in Los Angeles, but investing in six other states because it's not the easiest market to invest in. In 2000, so she created this this platform, and in 2018, she was named one of the top 20 women leaders and influencers in commercial real estate tech. Dana previously worked at Apple on their worldwide financial planning and analysis team, and at Nest, a home technology company acquired by Google for 3.2 billion in business development. She has a lot of uh, experience in tech. And she received her MBA from Harvard Business School, so she's smarty too. And I'm so happy to have her here. Welcome, Dana. Great. Thanks so much, Monique, for having me on the show. Well, I'm I'm thrilled to have you. So, you um, you have this property you have this um, property management tool, and you also have uh, you're also a real estate investor. So let me start with the real estate investing. How did you get started in real estate investing? Yes. Um, how I got started in real estate investing was actually my brother-in-law um, who had started investing. He had vacation rentals um, out in the Caribbean and then had said, do you want to get involved um, more with real estate investing or, or learn about it? At that time, I was like many folks in Silicon Valley where we were so technology focused um, that I actually had no experience in learning or exploring property management and what, or sorry, property management, real estate investing, and what it had to offer. Uh, and one of the things um, that it was very quick to learn was, you know, spreadsheets are everything at the beginning. Um, depending <laughs> on the class of the property, you have to look at that. Um, and I loved spreadsheets. I was actually doing business and financial planning and analysis at Apple. So I love the concept of having a spreadsheet, um, but more importantly, having a physical asset. I think at that time I had invested in Facebook right when it had IPO'd, and I lost all of that money within four hours of the IPO. And so I, I, I learned that, wait, actually maybe a physical asset where I can actually put the numbers. It's very transparent to me. How much am I purchasing something for, and what am I likely to get in rent? It was much easier um, to put those numbers together versus looking at the stock market 
and trying to get numbers that I can't really predict the future on. I felt like real estate was a place where you could predict the future, um, and that essentially actually led me to the management, where the management is so crucial to determine the future um, of your cash flow. And it's something that I think is an afterthought. Uh, but what I see about the smartest investors is they actually see that as a huge asset of how, how to manage properties more effectively. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Property management can make or break your investment. <laughs> so um, so what you started off with your, your brother-in-law who had these vacation rentals in the Caribbean. And what made you go from there into property management? Yes. Um, so he had properties in Denver, um, and I was just talking to him about getting involved. And we were at the time, I was living in San Francisco, and um, he was with my sister in San Francisco. And so at that time, it was, okay, how do we manage these properties, right? And so the first question that came up was, okay, well, potentially could we do it on our own? We don't have a large portfolio. Um, can we manage it remotely? And at that time, uh, we didn't think San Francisco was a, a good investment when we were looking at um, purchase-to-rent ratios. It did not make sense to us. And uh, what we learned was we could use the broker on the ground um, to do some of the leasing. And then the management, we started doing remotely. But we saw a lot of hiccups and actually just a lot of time spent on it and a lot of mistakes spent on it. And one of mm -hmm. the things I think is, it became one of our biggest pains. And when I see a lot of pain, uh, I realized that, hey, we weren't the only ones with that pain. Um, and where there's pain, there's opportunity. Yes. Awesome. So then, so you said this opportunity, and, and then, so then you go, you go on, well, to complete the story. What, hap what happens then? You see this opportunity, and you go, let me start a business around this. Yes, so then I heard other owners, agents, and managers, even especially property managers, constantly complaining about, you know, unreasonable tenants or dealing with maintenance calls just as they're sitting down at 6 p.m. Um, on Sunday night for family dinner. And there were some trends that I saw throughout it. Um, one of the most prominent was about 70% of landlords were self-managing. So they were like us where they were trying to take control of it. And from that perspective, I said, hey, if everyone's going to self-manage it, how do we make this an opportunity where you can, you know, elevate these landlords from running an operationally intensive business to becoming a more professional real estate investor where it's almost treated like a business? The things that they do well, they can do themselves. Um, and then the things that they, they don't do well, they can outsource. Um, in most cases, you know, that's outsourcing the maintenance calls and having someone who is an expert at maintenance and dealing with service professionals and pushing back on quotes, having someone else do that other than you. Um, from the perspective of, you know, accounting, a lot of times collecting the rent, you know, I want control over that. Um, I don't want to give that to someone else. And so really putting together the, the puzzle pieces of saying, what is, what is wrong with the industry today in the sense that people are, have a pain with it? And how do you solve that by combining technology and then subject matter experts to be able to help you end-to-end -end with property management process? Okay. That's great. So then what exactly did you come up with? 
Yep. So um, Hemlane is a property management platform. And um, just, just um, think about it. Think about it as 70% uh, software doing the work and 30% um, people, local support, or someone picking up your phone calls and doing the maintenance for you. And um, so we've really divided it into those two and then provided flexibility where, you know, you can take your own maintenance calls and route them to yourself or you can outsource that. Um, and so we provided flexibility through the entire process to, to really advocate building your team in property management, even if you only have one rental unit, which many of our clients have only one rental unit. And when you look at it, it's a difference between, it's somewhere in the middle. So there's do it yourself where you do everything yourself. And then there's full service management where you have a full service property manager. We are in the middle, yeah. and most of our clients are landlords who didn't ever consider a full-service manager, but now that there is another option out there, they suddenly say, oh, wait, I can still control and have the rent go to me. I can still approve every maintenance work order. This is fantastic. Um, you know, sign me up. And it provides them this reassurance that they have someone who has their back. Um, and then also just the best technology built in. And uh, I can give you an example of that, Monique, if you want. Yeah, um, yeah please do. So, yeah, so for example, on the leasing side, you know, a lot of people don't understand what SEO is. Um, and for those who are listening who don't understand SEO, SEO is search engine optimization. It's essentially when I type something into Google, it's the algorithm that determines who is number one, who's number two, who's number three, et cetera, search results. Well, if you're a tenant, you might say, you know, rental property Los Angeles, and you might type that into the Google search results. What shows up first is going to be Zillow. But if another tenant types in apartments um, in Los Angeles, apartment list might show up or apartments.com. Those are typically the two that do. And in the case yeah. of being a real estate investor, you don't want to ever lose out on having the best tenants. And so we'll advertise your property on over 40 rental listing websites. So you don't have to think about that. We'll do that for you. Um, responding to tenants is another one. Um, you know, if a tenant is interested in your rental property during the leasing, they are um, only going to see an average of five rental units. And, or sorry, inquire about five. And they're only going to see three of them. And they're going to make a decision. So if you take 24 hours to respond, which most people do because you're busy, you have another job, or you know, you're out meeting with clients and other um, folks within the industry, you don't have time to sit on your phone and email and respond. So we'll do that for you. We'll send out your showing calendar. And so every step, that's just the beginning of it. You know, that's just starting with the leasing. But every step in the process, we try to say, okay, what, did we, what do we wish we had that we were having to do manually and put those best practices directly in the system for you so you don't have to do mm. it. Um, and it's even, you know, pre-screening the tenants before they're able to schedule that showing. Everything like that is built into the process to make it where you don't really have to know it's complex on the back end, but it's simple for the user. You don't have to know what's going on. You just have to know best practices are built into place for you. That's great. That's so cool. So um, when you were, you were creating this, right, I'm, I'm assuming you were thinking about what are some of the challenges or mistakes that 
that that landlords that are self-managing do. So what are some of the mistakes you see owners making um, just in the leasing of their properties or in the day-to-day operation of their properties? Yes, I think the biggest one, hands down, is letting emotions impact decisions. And everyone's a person, you should treat your residents, your tenants, you should treat them as if they're a customer. Um, so don't get me wrong, that's, that's hands down what you should be doing. But at the same time, um, emotions get involved. A tenant will text you and say, I can't pay rent because this circumstance, something happened to me, and it's going to be five days late. Well, obviously, depending on what that is, a death in the family, as a real estate um, investor, um, but more so as uh, as a first-time real estate investor, but more so just as a human being, you want to say, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. You can pay me in five days. Well, that right there is an emotion, and it's not referring back to the lease that says rent is due on the first of the month. You know, it's late by the fifth of the month or whatever you have your late um, fee as, and you're going to have a late fee on that day. By either waiving those late fees or or saying, yes, you can pay me in the future, you're essentially setting up a precedent that you're their bank, that you're, you're lending that debt of you know, $1,200 for five days to them. Rather than saying, per the lease agreement, this is what it is, you know, please seek out that capital from your family, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it may be. And so the biggest thing is emotions, and that's where I think setting up LLCs um, can really help because if you have it under a property name, suddenly your, your own full name is is taken off of the picture, not only from a liability perspective, but also from a communication perspective. In other words, you're a member of the LLC. And so if you can yeah. refer as much to the legally binding contract, it's just going to set you up for so much success where you just say, it's not emotional, it's, it's what we've agreed to from a contract perspective, and we're not going to stray from that. Um, and having a, a, a lease that's very concrete and, and sticking to the guidelines of it will help you so much um, throughout real estate investing and just make it where your property management goes so much smoother. Yeah. I have a friend who's a property manager in Dallas, and he is telling me why he doesn't. He owns, he's an investor, owns lots of properties himself, and owns a property management company with his brother, and he was saying, he was explaining to me why he doesn't manage his own. His brother will manage his. He'll manage his brother because he found himself, yeah, doing those things, letting people, you know, because you're, you're nice, we're, we're nice people and we're empathetic. And um, so he would, somebody would, oh, I just lost my job or something happened. And he'd say, okay, yeah, yeah, you can, you can pay later or you can pay next month. And, and he realized that there was this one tenant he said when he was uh, who had just said, yeah, my mother just passed away, and um, can I pay late? And he said, yes, he he allowed he allowed that person to pay late, and he was sending flowers. And he realized, wait a minute, <laughs> when he went into his books, he realized this was the third time he'd sent flowers for his the, for the same person's mother who died. Wow, you know, over the past like eighteen months, <laughs> and uh, that's what he started. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing this myself. <laughs> somebody oh my else. God! He's a bad guy. I've never, <laughs> I have never heard of that. Sending the flowers and then doing it obviously multiple times. Um, wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's 
that is definitely a, a good property management story that I'll have to remember. Yeah, it was crazy. So I, that, yeah, I, I can see how that's a big mistake <laughs> that people make. Yep. Um, because we're we're nice and it's very easy um, to when it's your own money to go. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll let you go this time, but when you're doing it for something else, for somebody else, or somebody's doing it for you, then then uh, it's not much less likely to happen. Exactly, especially if you're with a professional, like a professional property manager, just knows that and and really sets that precedent up front. And it's really helpful for the tenants too, because the second you stray from that, then the tenants again continue to make up stories, um, and that that's an outrageous one, your example. Um, but they can make up stories and not saying that all the stories are made up. You know, some of them are truthful, um, but it, it it basically takes the lease and says we're not following the leasing any longer and once you don't follow the legally binding contract then it's like well how many days late for the next one 15 days 16 days and then you suddenly are in this guessing game become a debt collector um, and no one wins in that situation it's mm, really good so um, now in terms of and I would like to ask I guess this in terms of your your own investing um what was your what was the biggest mistake that you've made and what did you learn from it yep uh well coming from the technology industry and i I think silicon valley um, folks from here are all um to some extent um they they suffer from this as well um being a little bit of a tech brat we're thinking technology will solve everything and I mm-hmm. really learned the hard way on that one. For example, like meeting with service professionals, yes, you can go online and see their reviews and, and try to vet them as much through technology, but that's not everything. Like you literally need to talk to them on the phone. Um, scheduling even calls with service professionals, they used to think, yeah, I can just send out the work order and that's it. Um, for small, simple things, absolutely. Um, but in a lot of cases, you have to physically get on the phone with them and and say, okay, you know, even, for example, um, lint in the dryer and knowing, like, do I need a handyman to take the dryer out? I've made mistakes where, you know, maintenance calls were so much and could have been so little had we just gotten on the phone because I sent someone out and then realized, wait, that wasn't the right person to send out or they can't do the work because there's something else in the way. And so I really think there's that component of saying in real estate, you still have the human component and talking to those subject matter experts, whether it's yourself or someone else, and you can't do everything um, through technology. There's still that component of um, humans and and them being smarter than a lot of the technology, um, especially in this space. Yeah, that's great. That's really good advice. question that I have for you. Yeah, the, the other question, so the flip side of this is, you know, I always ask, you know, what your, your biggest mistake is, because I feel like we learn so much more from our mistakes than we do from when things are smooth sailing. And the flip side is, what are you most proud of? Uh, probably the thing I'm most proud of, is, let me think, um, is starting out with zero dollars in my bank um, after leaving business school. And then growing Hemline into becoming a leader in the property management space for real estate investors. Um, we were just named by Finances Online as 
the 2018 Top User Experience Award. Uh, and wow. I will tell you that um, that first year is, is really difficult, especially when you don't have money. Um, but it was all it was all worth it um, in the end. But I am really proud of starting with zero dollars in the bank and um, going out and diving into the deep end and um, starting a starting a tech company. That is awesome. You should be proud of that. Um, and. Um, and to what do you attribute your success? Yes. So um, as far as success, um, when I arrived at Apple, I remember it's my first day in the office, and I received this plain, like, thick piece of paper. Um, and on it, it said, you know, people don't come here to swim in the um, – people don't come here to uh, swim in the shallow end, and they come here to dive into the deep end. Welcome to Apple. Um, not only do I love <laughs> swimming, um, because my husband's a professional swimmer, um, but I really take that to heart. And so I think all of my success has been attributed to hard work and perseverance. It's not that I ever took the easy road with anything, um, and never did I have all the resources, um, but it was just that hard work and dedication that brought me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. That's great. And what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in real estate investing? What I will say is the first year is really difficult. Um, you're going to go, and especially in this climate right now, uh, you're going to you're going to find that it's obviously a seller's market, not a buyer's market in most areas. And so you're going to get no. You're going to get outbid. Um, you may potentially be saying, wait, I thought I was going to be making a lot of cash flow. I thought this was going to be easy. Um, real estate investing is not a get-rich-quick strategy, um, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing buy and hold, which I highly, highly recommend. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes in your first year. Um, but just keep at it and remember that um, this is what um, I told my husband my first year going into it. Um, you're meant to be the bread breadwinner of the family. Um, that's traditionally how it is. Um, and so it was great because by me telling him that I could take that first year to actually build the company. And then um, in my in my case, and hopefully everyone else's case, you can build your own empire um, and then surprise everyone with what you've built. That's great. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Um, what I wish I had known at the beginning is how important it is to have, Monique, someone like you who's an advisor, a consultant, a mentor, uh, because of that kind of drive and perseverance and also just starting with no money, I never got help. Like I never asked for help. I learned everything the hard way. And I would say that um, you learn so much better by finding a mentor and finding the right mentor. There are going to be a lot of people out there who say, great, I can help mentor you, I can help consult you. Um, But finding the right person is so important to help make that first year less burdensome um, than it it usually is um, or, or has been, at least in my experience. Yeah. Wow, that's it's very impressive that you were able to see this without any advisors, consultants, or mentors. Um, and, and, yes, and now that, I have them. 
it definitely makes things feel better, doesn't it? I mean, I've, I've, it, I've definitely, it definitely does myself, and you know, they they help you collapse time frames and avoid costly mistakes, and um, so it it you you learn from from them, and you're able to leapfrog leap leap from where they are. So that I I found that to be really helpful too. So that's great advice. Um, that's that's awesome. And I, I'm so like I I'm a big advocate obviously of, of highlighting women doing cool things and um and your being a, a founder of this incredible company in in tech, which is you know, real estate is a very male dominated field and tech is a very male dominated field and I'm sure combining the two is even more so. So to to do it and to do it so well and successfully is super impressive. So thank you. Well, that's what I love about your podcast as well. I'm bringing all these great women together. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, So for people who want to know more about Hemlane and you, what's the best way to, what's the best way for them to find out more about you and what you do? Great. Yes. Uh, You can reach out to me. I'm very good with email, actually better with email than text message. Um, So Dana, D-A-N-A, at Hemlane, and Hemlane is H-E-M-L-A-N-E.com. Or you can visit www.hemlane.com. We typically have a chat in the corner, um, and you can kind of check out what we're doing there. Okay. You guys heard it. Dana at Hemlane.com and www.hemlane.com. And actually underneath this podcast, if you, you look in the, the description and you click on Hemlane, that will get you as well to the, to the website. So very, very cool. Now it is time for our famed end of show, Trinity. So in our Trinity, I'll ask you a brag, something you're celebrating, something that you're grateful for, gratitude and a desire. So what um what is your brag? What are you what are you celebrating now? <laughs> well what we're celebrating today is our team just launched a new ma- maintenance feature. And I know what you're thinking it's probably not the most sexiest thing to brag about, um, new <laughs> maintenance. Um, but it sure is sexy for our our users, I think. Um and it it was actually it took us a year to build it. And so we were super excited about um, this new feature because it's going to make it where, um, from the perspective of um, being a customer or a service professional, just such a better way to collaborate um, and um, all of that effort um, off of our plates and um, off of real estate investor plates we're really, really looking forward to. So we're actually having um, a party here in the office um, to celebrate it. Wow. Well, well bragged. I think that's a I think that's a terribly sexy brag. So very good. Um, that's awesome. You, you know, we worked hard for a year, and you're you're finally launching this this feature, and that's going to help a lot of people. I think that's awesome. Well, Brad. So what uh, what are you grateful for? Um, well, I'm grateful for my team, everyone I work with in real estate. Um, as I mentioned, it took me so long to reach out to others and build a team, consultants, advisors, investors, um, mentors. And then, obviously, my direct team, who I see every day here, 
Um, we have a dog named Bay. Um, she actually belongs <laughs> to Ben on our team, um, but now she's a company dog. And I'm really, really thankful for all of them um, because, you know, when you think about um, what you build and, and what makes your success, it's to the people around you. And so that's the thing I'm most grateful for. Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one thing you desire? Desire. Um, well, related to this podcast, because there might be some, I know there are some phenomenal women listening to it. If um, you're a high-quality licensed real estate agent, I'd love to connect with you. Um, I love meeting people who are experts in the industry, um, looking you know, for additional leasing activities for their clients or whatever it may be. Um, I am looking to kind of meet more, more subject matter experts in the industry and women who are successful. Um, so if you're out there, you have my contact information from it, and I'd love to hear from you. So your desire is to connect with um, licensed agents or was it licensed real estate agents? Um, licensed okay. real estate agents, um, just because we were building out our agent platform, but honestly, real estate investors and everyone out there um, looking to um, meet you and, and hear your story as well as um, some lessons you may have for me even in your own property management um, as I learn every day something new. All right, beautiful. So shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. And, and you all, if you um, – you're an agent or an investor, you want to connect with her, again, you can connect with Dana at Dana, D-A-N-A, at hemlane.com or www.hemlane.com, and you can find out about this very cool platform that is, we didn't talk about the price, but it's actually super affordable too. So you can find out more about that by going on the website and, and connecting with her. You can connect with me always at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com. There you can join our incredible community of women real estate investors and and the find out and read the blog and get more podcasts and, and all sorts of other goodies that we have on there for you. So that is our show for today. Thank you so much, Dana. That was amazing. And thanks to y'all for listening. And we'll catch us next week for another amazing real estate investor goddesses interview. Bye-bye. Thanks, Monique. Bye.